Let us begin with the Gayatri prayer. Please join me in offering this most ancient and sublime invocation. Om. Let us meditate on the glory of that effulgent reality from whom the whole universe is projected. May that enlighten our mind. For just a few moments, let us become calm and subjective, practicing meditation with devotion and determination. At this time, please take the prayer book, Prayers of Self-Realization, and turn to prayer number 46, which may be found on page 72. Calmly and devotedly, together let us pray. 
Like the lotus bud beneath the silvery moon, let all the qualities of my soul be unfolded in thy divine presence. Let me come to thee in the full bloom of my being, that thy perfection may be revealed in my adoration of thee. All creation is enlivened by the touch of thy power, and life is made a meaningful self-manifestation, for the existence of the finite has no significance unless it is ever united with the infinite. The river is a living power because it has not lost its contact with the sea. And my soul is divinely beautiful because of its oneness with thy perfection. The ripples on the shimmering lake and the waves of light in the realm of space, the reflection beneath the watery veil and the etheric beauty in the heavens above, life, all living and I become one when thy omniscience illumines my wisdom. Revelation of my transcendental nature shines forth within me in all its effulgent glory. As my consciousness ascends beyond all concepts of self-limitation, and I become myself in thy cosmic self. Warmth of kindness, inspiration of sympathy, peace of consolation, joy of selflessness, rise in overflowing limitlessness in my heart when my love reaches thy love. Amen. Today, let us begin our meditation with contemplation on the symbol of the unfolding flower of our devotion. The flower bows its head in the fullness of devotion with petals unfurled and fragrance offered freely as a silent prayer into the air. Awakening to light, sharing its natural beauty and giving itself unto the cosmic creator. Such vision delights the senses, but even more uplifts the soul. Our meditation may be likened to the unfolding flower of devotion. As we awaken to light and offer our prayer unto the one soul of all. Today, countless individuals will send a flower or a bouquet to mothers with the same expression of love. A child might draw a flower and offer it to mother. One might place a flower upon an altar in memory of a mother who has journeyed on from this physical plane of existence. One who has not known a mother 
may honor another with this same gesture of gratitude. Is it any wonder that we should observe Mother's Day in the month of May? If not for this ideal of the unfolding flower of devotion, with the beauty of spring showering forth in every direction, the month of May brings forth abundant beauty in the form of flowers. A valley of flowers becomes the tapestry of the earth. Today we honor Mother. We honor Mother Universe, Mother Earth, Mother Nature, and all that she represents. She creates, sustains, and absorbs all her children. Holding this deep feeling of adoration toward the entire universe, all of life becomes for us objects of worship and devotion. With this attitude of reverence, we realize the presence of God in us and within all of creation. Just as the flower, we bow to the Creator over and over and over again. This week we also observe Buddha Purnima, the time that marks the birth of Gautama the Buddha. Buddha taught this same message when he said, With everything, whether it is above or below, remote or near, visible or invisible, thou shalt preserve a relation of unlimited love. To live in such a consciousness while standing, walking, sitting, or lying down is Brahma-vihara, living and moving and having your joy in the spirit of Brahma, in the spirit of God. That spirit, saith the Upanishads, is the being who is in essence the light, life, and love of all. O giver of life, open our mind and heart to life, that we may ever be mindful of its blessedness. Each Sunday during our worship service, we join together in offering expressions of a universal ideal of absolute monism. These expressions, these eternal truths, have been gathered for us from the scriptures of humanity, from the Rig Veda and the Upanishads, from the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, the Quran, and the Avesta. Please join me in offering these eternal truths. I am an absolute monist. I believe truth is one. Men call it by various names. God, Brahman, 
is consciousness, existence, bliss, absolute. Everything is the manifestation of God, the divine reality. The soul of man is of identical nature with the God of the universe. Make thine own self pure by good thoughts, good words, good deeds. Realize thyself. By the realization of one's own self, the absolute self is realized. God is the light of the heavens and the earth. He who realizes God becomes one with God. I am that I am. I and my Father are one. I am Brahman, the Absolute Self. At this time, the scriptural readings will be offered by Amaya Ball. A reading from the Svetasvatara Upanishad. O thou effulgent reality, thou indwelling self, thou source of peace, awaken within us thy love, power, and perfection. O thou giver of life to this body, Within thy almighty power rests the good of thy creation. Guide us by thy wisdom. May we always remember thy presence within and around us. May thy protection and peace be upon all humanity and upon thy entire creation. And from the Tao Te Ching. Giving birth and nourishing, having without possessing, acting without expectation, leading and not trying to control. This is the supreme virtue. There are ways, but the way is uncharted. There are names, but not nature in words. Nameless indeed is the source of creation. But things have a mother, and she has a name. The secret waits for the insight of eyes unclouded by longing. Those who are bound by desire See only the outward container. Something there is whose veiled creation was before the earth or sky began to be, so silent, so aloof, and so alone. It changes not, nor fails, but touches all. Conceive it as the mother of the world. At this time, if you will turn to page number 34, in the prayer book, Prayers of Self-Realization, prayer number 14 on page 34. Slowly and reverently together let us pray. Let me worship thee as the one God of all. The heart of every devotee is the altar of my adoration of thee. The delicate perfume of the lotus blossom is the perpetual incense of my love for thee. The purity of the morning light reveals thy beauty before my mystic sight. The bird sings my prayer in the melody of inspiration that comes from complete self-surrender to thee. Thou art the supreme deity 
of the whole universe. My soul is the soul of all beings. Let me worship thee as the one God of all. Amen. At this time, please do join us in the singing of the hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. join me in offering the prayer of devotion by Swami Yogananda Paramansa, the Guru Preceptor of our Church. Heavenly Father, may Thy love shine forever on the sanctuary of my devotion, and may I be able to awaken Thy love in all hearts. Om Peace. Amen. Spend time with Mother Nature. Learn from her lessons of love. Watch how she cares for her young, caressing, loving, protecting, but also teaching preparing and directing her youth for their individual lives and even encouraging new responsibilities. Know her as Prithi Mata, the vast one, Mother Earth. Mother Earth holds in the cradle of her arms the forms of creation that cycle through life 
Mother Universe holds in her depths the constant tides of creation and expansion. There is a saying that the leaf of the Chinar tree brings forth infinite colors recalling the infinite rupas or forms of Shakti. Because of this and because of the massive form of this tree, the ancient seers referred to the Chinar tree as Bhavani. Metaphorically, it is called the Universal Mother, shielding like an umbrella her offspring. Bhavani is an avatar of the Hindu goddess Parvati. She is a form of Durga. Bhavani translates to giver of life, the power of nature, the source of creative energy. That same primordial energy or power is known as Shakti, as Divine Mother, representing the creative principle of life. Creation itself is called the play of the Divine Mother, Kali. Durga represents the empowering and protective nature of motherhood. From her forehead sprang Kali, who is known as the power of time, literally the creator or doer of time, her first manifestation. After time, she manifests as space, as Tara, from which point further creation of the material universe progresses. The Divine Mother, Devi Adiparshakti, manifests herself in various forms that represent the universal creative force. She becomes Mother Nature, Mula Prakriti, who gives birth to all forms as plants, animals, and such from herself. She sustains and nourishes them through her body, that is, the earth, with its animal life, vegetation, and minerals. Ultimately, she reabsorbs all life forms back into herself. She gives rise to Maya and to Prakriti, the force of life-giving power projecting into existence as the cosmos. Prakriti, the power that brings about evolution and change, is the personified will and energy of the Supreme Self. In the Bhagavad Gita, Prakriti is described as the primal motive force the essential constituent of the universe and the basis of all the activity of creation. Shakti is considered to be the motive force behind all action and existence in the cosmos. The cosmos itself is Purusha, the unchanging, infinite, imminent, and transcendent reality. This potential of Purusha is actualized by the dynamism of Shakti as manifestations of the One Great Mother. Mother Maya, or Shakti herself, 
can free the individual from all that binds the soul in maya. From these powers of creation to powerful examples of mothers, here is one that you may not have known. It is the story of Krishna's mother. And this story carries an interesting similarity to that of Moses, whose mother placed him in a basket and sent him along the river Nile to Bithia, the Pharaoh's daughter. We know she did this in order to save him from certain death. Yashoda is the foster mother to the god Krishna in the Puranas. It is described there that Krishna, who was born to Devaki, was given to Yashoda and her husband Nanda in Gokul, exchanging him for her daughter in order for his mother to save her son, Krishna, whose life was threatened by her brother, the king, Kansa. Picture the mother Mary. She exemplifies simplicity, love, and renunciation. We heard the beautiful instrumental music reflection of Ave Maria with violin and piano from Linda Peterson and Jeffrey Bauer. And there is a beautiful remembrance with this music, Ave Maria. For we know that Mary is a symbol of simplicity, love, and renunciation. We think of Mary in the New Testament of the Bible, but Mary was also highly regarded and revered in Islam. She is mentioned in the Quran more often even than in the Bible. In Islam, she is known as Maryam, mother of Issa. She is often referred to by the honorific title, Sayyid Datuna, meaning Our Lady, which is parallel to Sayyid Duna, Our Lord, used for the prophets. She is also referred to as Siddika, meaning she who confirms the truth and she who believes sincerely. Another title for Mary is Kanita, which signifies both constant submission to God and absorption in prayer and invocation. She is also known as Tahira, meaning one who has been purified. Remember that Jesus called upon his disciple to look to Mary as mother. We often see the image of the Madonna and child, the Pieta, of Mary holding her son Jesus upon his death. And yet the Gospel of John tells of another story that provides a perfect image of the ideal of motherhood expanded into divine discipleship. 
Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took Mother Mary into his care. We can appreciate that the month of May would be the time dedicated to devotion to the ideal of Mary. As the spring blossoms unfold in devotion, it is not unlike Vasant Panchami when Saraswati Puja is observed in preparation for the arrival of spring. Saraswati personifies attunement, wisdom. She is seated on a pink lotus reflecting the soul's self-unfoldment. Holding a vena in her hands, her message is that of perfect attunement. Her music is that which awakens us in the silent resonance of cosmic oneness of Nada Brahman, existing in every particle, in every living being. It is traditional for people around the world to crown a figure of Mary with a wreath of flowers, while in Saraswati Puja, simple clay mannequins are adorned with flowers, clothing, and jewels and paraded through the streets before being eventually offered unto the sea. These prayers and devotions reveal the sublimity of soul, and they bring us back to the love of Mother Earth. Consider the dancer who offers a prayer and asks forgiveness for stomping on Mother Earth, and think of the experience of sitting on the earth revealed by the Sioux Indian tribe. Chief Luther Standing Bear expressed it so beautifully. And they came literally to love the soil, and they sat or reclined on the ground with a feeling of being close to a mothering power. It was good for the skin to touch the earth, and they like to remove their moccasins and walk with bare feet on the sacred earth. Their teepees were built upon the earth, and their altars were made of earth. The birds that flew in the air came to rest upon the earth, and it was the final abiding place of all things that lived and grew. The soul was soothing, strengthening, cleansing, and healing. This is why we still sit upon the earth instead of propping up and away from its life-giving forces. For us to sit or lie upon the ground is to be able to think more deeply and to feel more keenly. We can see more clearly into the mysteries of life and come closer in kinship to other lives about us. On this Blessed Mother's Day, let us turn our reflection to the life-giving power of the indwelling self of us all. 
The creative life-giving power does not only give to us birth in this physical plane of existence, but also awakens us to the grace and perfection of God. We are born into a physical life, and yet we are given to know much more than the physical life. We have the blessed opportunity to realize the life-giving power that dwells within us. Let us conclude with these words from the Prashna Upanishad. O Prana, O Life, Thou art the Creator. It is Thou Thyself who returns to the mother's womb to be born again. Thou gives vitality to the living body, and all powers exist for Thee, O Prana. Thy presence permeates all. Like the sun shining upon the earth, Thou gives life to all other states of existence. Everything that exists in this world and in the worlds beyond is controlled by life. O Prana, as a mother protects her child, do thou protect us. Grant us wisdom and bliss. Amen. Will you all now please fold your hands and place them at your hearts with consciousness lifted to the Supreme Self of us all. Together let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Grant us, O Lord, the realization of thy presence, peace, and perfection within us and all beings, now and forevermore. Amen.